Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. I can't believe it's been almost two years since I've last hosted a live training. Well, consider this a manifestation because for the first time in almost two years, I'm hosting a live three-day money manifestation training called Cashflow. And the best part, it's absolutely free to join. We're going to be talking all about raising your financial set point, taking your power back when it comes to money so that it no longer has its hold on you, having money respond to you as the sovereign queen of money, not the other way around, becoming wealthy without frying your nervous system, the exact steps to accessing financial abundance for life, and so much more. You can sign up for this free training at manifestationbabe.com slash cashflow. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash cashflow. We start May 15th and I can't wait to see you there. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Manifestation Babe podcast where I'm about to hit you with a treat, bringing back Makosi aka the Royal Shaman for part four. She's been on the podcast three other times. It is now part four of our multiple, multiple part series on all things related to the shamanic and spiritual perspective of a wide variety of topics. And today's topic is money, 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 honey. I had Makosi on as my guest expert inside of the Manifestation Babe Academy, um, where my students had questions for Makosi all around wealth, specifically wealth energetics. So I asked her right then and there, hey, do you want to come on my main podcast and talk about money? because we haven't done that yet. And I feel like it's going to be so epic and help so many people. And epic it was. And I know that this is going to be so helpful for so many of you. Not only did I get to ask Makosi your biggest money questions, which I did ask you on Instagram DMs. And if you're not following me on Instagram, what are you doing with your life? Follow me at Manifestation Bay because I'm always doing Q&As and opening up... um, Q&A boxes for future podcast episodes where you could literally have a say in what I talk about and what I ask my podcast guests on this podcast. So not only did I ask her your biggest money questions, she also interviewed me, which I didn't expect, but I'm so glad she did because it brought up such a vulnerable and honest conversation between us. We talked about our honest 
real life hesitation in talking about money and why we have resisted this topic before and what it brings up within us, within our communities, and why we're choosing to overcome these resistances so that we can serve the world in a much bigger way. In this episode, Makosi answers questions like, what is money through a shaman's eyes? Is money actually spiritual? What are your thoughts on the recession that everyone is talking about? And what is the definition of luxury? And can anyone be wealthy? Or what if it's my destiny and fate to be broke forever? Like, what can I do about that? How can we desire wealth when there's so much poverty on this planet? And so much more. If you haven't heard of Makosi before and you want to hear her entire background and life story, I highly recommend you go back to those previous episodes where she talked about all those things, which we go in depth, which I will link in the show notes for you. Otherwise, we are diving right in and getting down and dirty with the M word, money. Makosi is back for a fourth time on the Manifestation Bay podcast. And today we are talking about everyone's favorite topic, whether they like to admit it to themselves or not, whether it triggers them or not. We all love the topic of money. So I'm so excited to go into the topic of money through a royal, royal shaman's perspective. (laughs) I'm super (laughs) excited. Um, Makosi, we got lots of cues for you. And before we started recording, you said you have cues for me too. And I was like, wow, is this like a double Q&A? So I think you are all in for a massive treat. Makosi. What is money through a shaman's eyes? Because we all know shamans to be ultra spiritual. You can't get more spiritual in human form than a shaman. And you love to talk about money. And so the people want to know, like, how do you see money? And is money actually considered to be spiritual? Mm, This question is so good. And I have to put an asterisk on this because... It is, I am one, (laughs) I am one shaman. Um, And (laughs) so I want to be very clear. I am not speaking for all of us because there are definitely many different perspectives on this. However, my unique perspective on this comes number one from my own connection with certain spiritual entities, divinities, guides, etc. All the things you love. And yeah, all of the all of the beautiful non-physical aspects that are influencing this reality that we live in. And from my perspective, this is kind of controversial to say. Ooh, go. From my perspective, money is a yin also known as feminine energy. And I know that there is a lot of conversation in the spiritual space around money being masculine. And I want to just explain why I think that, well, at least my experience of money is that it's more feminine. Number one, I look at our ancient cultures and the ancient wisdom that we all have access to. And there's a common thread through many of them, that the divinities that were associated with 
the markets, with business, with abundance, tend to be goddesses. They tend to be goddesses. And I started so true. Yeah, right. Like most of them are goddesses. There are occasionally, you know, here or there. And my own spirit is a feminine spirit, goddess associated with abundance. Um, She shows up in African spirituality and is associated with the cowrie shell, which was a form of money, a unit of, of exchange. And I think with, if we approach money from the lens that it could be a more feminine energy, it changes our relationship with what money can be to us or how we, how we approach and how we see money. To me, the energy of money, which is just one form of abundance, is an amplifier. It's an amplifier because it's, it's the same concept with the feminine in that if you give, if you give a woman a house, she makes it a home, right? If you give a woman a bag of groceries, she will make you a meal, right? And it's this understanding that with the tool of money, right? You are able to, if you're able to receive it, you take that and then are able to alchemize it into something so much greater, Mm -hmm. right? To me, that is like the hallmark of, of what the energy, the frequency of money is. Mm. So fucking good. Okay. I so agree with you that the energy of money is feminine. And I'm just curious if you see like, you know, how everything is in balance, feminine, masculine, would you then see like the masculine counterpart to money being the container, being the like, I see it as like the, 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 the bank account is like the masculine container holding the money. The investment account is like the masculine container. Cause I definitely know like money is Money is an energy that I play with and play, I tend to associate with feminine energy. And then it's like, all right, if we're just free, like playing forever and ever and ever, there's no real direction to that energy. And so the masculine is like a container that is directing the flow of money. Would you agree with that? 1000%. To me, it's um, the way that I look at it is the, is scaffolding. Mm -hmm. I use this term a lot scaffolding, the reason why I like that term is because um, most of us are very rigid <laughs> in how we, how we think yeah. structure has to be, but the concept of scaffolding automatically brings in that there are, you know, that there are these structures in place that create containment, but that within that uh. contained space, there's all of this ability for flow to happen for, for yes. movement in and out, right? If we're thinking about scaffolding, like on the side of a building, there's all of this ability for air to move in and out and for people to move in and out. Yeah. And I love using this imagery because it also brings in another layer of my perspective of, of money is that money needs to flow, honey. It <laughs> needs the ability to move in and out, to go from place to place and be spread around, right? Mm-hmm. It's very, um, it's also like water. It, it comes in 
and then it comes out and then it comes in and it comes out. And I see that if we have this perspective about money, it, it automatically starts creating a different relationship with the idea that money does not have to be stagnant. Yeah. Cause then it gets stinky. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, that's the worst. <laughs> we don't want no stinky money. Okay. Um, some, so you were a guest expert inside the manifestation wave collective. And that's the, the whole inspiration behind me being like, wait a second, Mikosi, we haven't really focused on money on the podcast. Like you have to come back for a fourth time because I mean, first of all, you can come back a hundred times and it's still amazing. And like, there's so much that you share that just blows our minds away. Like the way that you describe things, it just brings it to earth. And it like, you take such big, wide um, spiritual concepts and you like ground them to earth so that we can understand them and not just understand them, but actually implement them. And I, you shared so many great implement, implementable tips and tricks and hacks that made me go, whoa, that's such an amazing way of describing it. In the NBC um, guest expert Q&A, you asked if you could talk about the R word on the podcast. Can you give a little insight to what do you mean by the R word? And what Wait. do you want to say about the R word? Wait, what was the R word? Recession. Oh, that. Yeah. See how that's not even... <laughs> top of mind for me. I'm like, wait, what is that? What is that? (laughs) (laughs) So good. Yeah. I I think I I wanted to talk about it mainly because, well, for a few reasons, I, from one perspective, don't want to bypass where people perceive that they are Mm -hmm. in reality where where they perceive that they are being affected i think that that's that is your and and my and those of us who are teachers and leaders that is one of the most important aspects is to be able to see where someone is mm-hmm. and then be able to support them in seeing seeing a different perspective or or opening up what they see as possible so i love you bringing up that I mentioned the R word at this point, because if we look at the energy or the frequency of money as ebbing and flowing like water, right? Mm -hmm. If we see that money has these cycles, that it has these cycles, that this is a part of nature, that it's a part of the natural rhythm of things. Number one, it means that we can first recognize that if you are perceiving yourself as as being affected by this moment in time, you know that it doesn't have to last forever. And that like water, it will flow again. And this might be a bit triggering to say, but in your life, when has money actually never come back in? Right. Even if you are at your worst experience of reality, homeless, jobless, so on and so forth, 
it does still show up. Mm-hmm. So that I think can, can be a lighthouse for everyone in this moment. The other piece as well that I just love to talk about is <laughs> in these moments where everyone else is freaking out, unstable, um, not to negate that possibly losing your job or, you know, being affected by layoffs or your family going through really hard things. Uh, this is not to negate that or, or say that it isn't real. And simultaneously, this is the moment where opportunities really are in abundance. Yeah. Like this is the moment where everyone tends to, to freeze, which mm-hmm. It's a weird effect of dragging dragging things out even more and making it worse than it needs to be because we resist it. Yeah. But if we look at, okay, there we're in this part of the cycle where money is receding, quote unquote receding, then we can also look on the flip side of that where is the opportunity? Like I'm personally really excited to talk about money right now, even though I've been, I have to be completely honest. There's been a lot of me that's been resistant to talk, to talk about money and we could talk about why that is. Yeah. Same I'm actually. Also, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to hear your reason and share my reason. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about that. Um, yeah. Part of it, I'm looking at this moment where so many people have lost their job or or have been laid off or are experiencing a downturn in their businesses, so on and so forth. And it gets me really excited because I know for me, those were the moments that I was able to like dig deep and number one, choose what I actually desired mm-hmm. versus, okay, so now I thought I was safe. I thought I was safe in this career. I thought I was yeah. safe. Um, and that rug is ripped out from under you. And it's like, oh, wait, that was all an illusion. That was not, that was not real. There is no quote unquote safe. There is no certainty to any of this. So that gets me really excited for yeah. people. Yeah. Also excited to see how I can support others in having that same evolution. Is it like um, your resistance is in like how people would perceive you? being excited about such shitty situations. Is that where the <laughs> resistance comes from or like <laughs> Yeah, cuz I mean there's so much judgment around Oh my gosh, how can like this is so horrible. How can yeah. you delight in another person's yeah. suffering? And I'm not delighting in another person's suffering and all, I know all- exactly what you mean though. Like <laughs> like I get so this is so weird, but I used to tell people, especially my clients when they'd start crying in a session, I would get excited and I, I would then be like, wait, wait a second. Let me just explain. I'm not excited that you're crying. <laughs> like that's, I'm not some weirdo that is like, yes, she's upset. I just know that on the other side of tears is typically a breakthrough. And I love what you said, how those are the best moments or the the biggest transformations in my life. And I'm so the same where I have come to realize that the biggest and best learnings that I have picked up on, the most valuable insights, the actual money-making ideas have come from all of my failures and low moments. 
just to give you a quick example, this past launch um, of MBA that isn't happening right now, but happened um, a couple of months ago in November. Um, we've gotten to a point with my team where we have just essentially been recycling just the same strategy over and over and over again because it's been working. Not only has it been been working, but it's been creating more and more and more growth and success. So of course, we're going to double down on what works. The only caveat to that is that it bored the shit out of me. Like there was nothing exciting about it. And I could feel stagnant energy across my team, across me. It just like wasn't a vibe. And I think that add to that the exhaustion of motherhood, new baby, uh, not really having like having even less energy for the launch, like even less excitement ended up still like, again, if you would have told me that that was a bad launch, like three, two or three years ago, I would have laughed at you because it was still multiple seven figures. But we were like, this is so strange, you know, like there's something off here. And my team kind of went down in the dumps and I went down in dumps for a second. And then I, Brennan and I sat down with our team and we're like, guys, like, right now, what we are experiencing is the precipice of of a breakthrough. Like there is something that needs to change. We're seeing it. The universe is giving us a gift. Um, This just means like, don't, don't get too comfortable. Like you said, like you can never be too, like life is uncertain. That's the beauty of life. And the, I'm telling you the ideas, the inspiration, the motivation that everything came through after that launch, like we have had consecutive million dollar months without even launching MBA because of the ideas that have come through from that quote unquote bad launch. And that's just one example, you guys, like you're probably like, oh, whatever, Catherine, it's still a multiple seven figure launch. I get it. There are plenty other examples. Like for example, me living on my grandma's couch and shit like that. Like I've experienced negative bank balances and things like that. And I know that it is the negative bank balance that led me to getting into money mindset work. It is the negative bank balance and it is going through poverty as a child, um, watching my immigrant parents struggle that got me on this path of becoming the first millionaire, multimillionaire, and I'm pretty fucking sure billionaire in my family, in my lineage. And if I would have grown up having all the money in the world and there's nothing wrong with this, everybody has their own thing in this lifetime. This was my thing where I just know if I would have had like a wealthy family, I would be doing something else. I wouldn't be as interested in unconscious reprogramming and waking up to the abundance that is out there and transforming my financial situation, helping people transform it to like nothing really valuable. There's a lot of celebration and success, but I don't think I've ever learned anything from my successes. It's all been from my failures. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And to share like the resistance that I have with money, I, you know, I started my business talking about money and I used to do it a lot more than I do now. And I realized that as I've grown, it just became, and this is just something that I've had to overcome and still am on some level overcoming. It just became so exhausting just navigating these extremely triggered comments. Anytime I'd say anything about money, like it's nothing about like they're convincing me otherwise, or it's like an argument or anything like that. And I don't even see it as haters. It's just so exhausting because I'm like, I feel like people are just expecting me to answer all these nuanced questions about everyone's little situation. Are you saying that this and this and this and that and that? And I'm like, no, I'm actually saying this. It has nothing to do with this and that. But like, whoa, my words are getting so twisted. 
And there's just so much shit coming at me. And then I become like the highlight of someone's Instagram account saying how I am just so out of touch with reality and this and that. And it just became exhausting to me. And I think that's something that I've worked on clearing the last couple of months is just like not associating that with exhaustion, not feeling like it's adding anything to my workload. And honestly, it's just sending a message that there is still such a need for this because there's so many people who are misconstruing what money actually is. And my favorite argument is like, well, Catherine, that's not how the world works. And I'm like, exactly. That's exactly why we're talking about it in this way, because I don't, do you want the world to keep working this way? No. Okay. (laughs) Then we need another paradigm. And what I'm offering to you is another paradigm so we can change the way that the world works. Of course, they don't understand that initially, but that's been my resistance. And I'm like, this is part of me overcoming this resistance. I feel like 2023 has me like diving back into money. That's why you're here talking about money because I'm like, let's fucking go. There's still so many people who need this, (laughs) who need help. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I can relate to that on, on so many levels. And also too. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw in another layer of where my resistance comes. comes. When it comes to money, there's such an impatience around Mm. it. And listen, I get it. I get it. When when your, when your bank account is below zero, when you are, you know, when you feel like you're crashing and burning and and nothing is working, you want to get out of that pain as soon as possible. So I, Mm -hmm. I understand where people are coming from with that. Yeah. However, both you and I know that this is actually identity work. This is energetic evolution that has to happen in order for wealth to occur. Right. So I personally want to have conversations that are not just, and that's not to like negate the value of money, but the conversations that I really want to be having is like around, around wealth and being able to hold the frequency of wealth and being able to um, evolve into the version of yourself and the identity of yourself that can actually receive the full abundance that is meant for you, that is your birthright, that is actually needed for you to be in your calling. And that doesn't happen on the end of a 35 minute video on YouTube that you just like (laughs) took in some information and then didn't do shit with. Like (laughs) it's, it actually takes some time mm-hmm. for for our evolution, and simultaneously, it doesn't have to take a lot of time, right? Like, yeah. you also know that it can things can shift very quickly. So it's not so much about the time, but it's, it's more like about practice. Attach- yeah, and it's also like right? yeah, and it's like also how I like as you're describing this, it's like the this polarity of like it can take time, but also not take time, I think is, can be kind of synthesized in like, how quickly do you implement it? How quickly do you embody that identity? How quickly do you go out in the world and then act as if is how, what I've picked up from you is like, oh, that's why a lot of people think, oh, let me just listen to this. Oh, I listened to it. Cool. I'm good. I already know that. And then they hear the concept from like another coach. And I think that we're meant to work with multiple people. And I think that some people shut 
certain teachings, certain people, certain investments, certain books down because they're like, I already know that. I already heard that. Yeah, but are you actually living it? And I'm of the belief that there are multiple stops in your journey to wealth that are encoding certain frequencies to the ultimate experience of wealth. And a lot of people, they pick up the first code and when they hear the second code and they're like, that sounds familiar. That's just like the first code. I already know that. I don't need to hear that. Blah, blah, but it's not working. And it's like, no, <laughs> you have to keep going. <laughs> there's there's, there's <laughs> repetition in this. <laughs> I love this. So can I, I have a question. Please. So yeah. So when it comes to coming back to this conversation around money in 2023, mm-hmm. why do you feel that now more than ever for yourself? Because I, I can see externally yeah, why it matters for us to have this conversation around money, but for, for you and the identity that you're stepping into, because yeah. I know that you're always that's one of the best things about you is that you're always seeking expansion and where you can get a little uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to you in your identity to bring back the conversation of money at this moment, at this point in time in your life right now? Yeah, it's like this internal knowing um, that I'm meant to. Like, this is part of why I'm here, this is part of my work. And I've like known that, but then I've allowed external people, circumstances, just blah, 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 all this noise kind of pull me away from that and being like, like, it's really important in my life, but like, maybe I can help people with other things. And obviously I'm good at helping people with various amounts of things because manifestation is not just one area of life. But it's interesting, like the moment that brought me back actually... (laughs) is um, I just had her as a guest expert, or sorry, a guest um, on the podcast. Her name is Natalia Benson, and she was doing something in the Manifestation Wave Collective as well. And in her training, she was talking about like the placement of Jupiter, the placement of Venus, and the placement of, I forgot the other planet that she was talking about, and how depending on which sign and house it is, is like a certain archetype and a certain area in which you're supposed to embody that. And literally everything in my chart pointed out to like, my purpose is like, I think I had, what was it? I don't remember exactly what it is. That's the thing is like, sometimes I don't remember the exact thing that I heard that made an impact on me. I just remember how I felt in that moment. And that's what I pick up with me. So it was like this confirmation of Catherine, you are meant to talk about money and abundance. That's where your expansion is in. That's where your blessings are. Your um, something else is in subconscious. Like my Jupiter's in the 12th house, which has to do with spirituality and subconscious. So obviously money attaching abundance and making it spiritual is like a whole another thing. And then it was like, it was like all these layers where I'm like, oh my God, I, this is what I'm destined to do and I'm not doing it. And I know that my, I get so much great feedback and people constantly thank me. They're like, Catherine, because of your teachings, I was able to make blah, 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 blah amount of money. And I'm, that excites me so much, not because of the amount of money, but because of the opportunities that that brings to that person and what that opens up for them. And I know that I can only go as far. And so when other people are also showing themselves what's possible, they're then impacting and ripple affecting the entire planet. One day I was just like, fuck, man, like I can't let all this noise get in the way of me embodying what I'm truly meant to do. 
And so that's why mm-hmm. I like decided that I just made this decision where I'm like, fuck it. The, the outside noise is just noise. And I know what I'm here to do. And I just got to put on my tunnel vision and just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel uh, because, and I'm, I'm asking you this because I also, I feel this, do you feel this sense of responsibility as, as a unicorn? Um, let me give you some context around that or, or give anyone listening the context around that. I had this revelation around what it means to other people in their, in their psyche to see someone who in your case, your family uh, comes, comes from a family of immigrants under 30, um, now with a baby and on and on and on, who's been able to, as a woman cross the millionaire mark. I, I came to this revelation for myself. I was at a, at an event, um, as a, as a special guest and so many of the women came up to me and were asking me about, about certain things. Like, how are you able to like work with the amazing people that you work with? And how did you make, how did you cross a a million dollars a year in business Uh in such a short time and under 35 and then add on to it? I feel an added layer of pressure as a woman of color Mm -hmm. because that there's, there's just so few, there's what 2% a female business owners right now ever cross a million dollars. So we, we are just with that a unicorn. Then you add that we're under 35 add that, you know, we've, we, we come from these, these backgrounds. Does that play any part (laughs) in yours as well as that, like this responsibility? It's so interesting because I know what you're talking about and I see what you're talking about. And I don't think that that ever crossed my mind. It's really weird. I have always, I think it's something I picked up from my mom and just watching the way that she worked and her mind worked and how she was like, I have no fucking option but to succeed. And like, that's just, that's just the way it is. And of course, I learned so much from my mom about work ethic and goal setting and having her eye on the prize because for her, it was literally life or death. I mean, she was being beat up every single day by an abusive husband. And for her, it was like, you know, I need to finish nursing school and and earn good money so that I can get me and my child out of the situation. And we are independent and don't rely on anyone. And, you know, like I didn't always understand what was going on as a kid, but you see what your parents are doing. You see how they're acting. You see their work ethic. You see all this stuff. And of course, there is nuance to this in the sense of like, yeah, obviously I also learned like to freaking hustle my face off to where I'm burnt out from my mom as well, which I had to undo. But there's a lot of really amazing things that I learned from her. And for some reason, like it was just from, because of what I learned from her, it was like, I didn't give myself an option. I just like knew that one day eventually I'm going to have the success. I'm going to be a millionaire. For some reason, I said, I'm going to be a millionaire by 25, which I ended up doing. Like I just made all these decisions from this like survival mode that I was in and that my mom was in and all this stuff to where I never even understood the concept of like men versus women or the concept of like certain things don't make sense at certain ages 
or I didn't really understand the concept, like, especially until recently of like what it means to be a woman of color and, and just all of these elements, I guess, like I was naive to them and I just didn't quite understand that. So they weren't real beliefs in my mind, which now I understand them. I can help people with these beliefs, but for me, I don't think that was it. It's interesting. I don't think that was it. I think that for me, it's like, um, this element of, people misunderstanding the energy of jealousy in the sense that like something I've dealt with growing up a lot of is just people feeling triggered by me for whatever reason. Like she's, her hair is too, too amazing. She's too pretty, this and that, whatever. And, uh, you know, I was bullied growing up and all these things. And I remember throughout various moments in my life, just like losing friendships or people saying really mean shit to me. And like, all this stuff. And my mom would keep saying, Catherine, they're just jealous of you. They're just jealous of you. And I'm like, okay, I don't really see it. But then like, as I created business success, like I could see it reflected in my comments, like people literally saying, even like amazing people who are just being honest, they're like, Catherine, when I first came across you, I hated you. (laughs) Like I hated you. Um, Everything about you just pissed me off. Like who is this woman who thinks she's such hot shit and just flaunts her money and this and that. And I'm like, whoa, okay. And I think that throughout my life, I've just kind of let that compound and enter into my consciousness, again, letting the noise affect me. And I think that that's what would make me feel a certain way when I would talk about success, when I would talk about money, it would just constantly feel like this push that I had to make within myself. Like it was a constant stepping outside of my comfort zone, stepping outside of just just knowing that like the the reward at the end of it of like helping people change their life far outweighed my own emotions and feelings and things about it. I think that's what the battle has always been for me. Wow. <laughs> this, these wow. are such great yeah. questions. So I'm just like uh, really, really grateful that you were super naive. <laughs> Same. No, but seriously, same. I mean, obviously I wasn't naive to everything, but like, you know what I'm saying? There's just certain things where I'm like, huh, whoa, why didn't I think, okay, like what? Okay. All right. Like that makes sense. I get that. Like, and then that helped me learn, like everyone has their own fucking bag of shit to deal with (laughs) and it just looks different for everyone. Yeah. It didn't dawn on me until literally this event. And when was it? Mm. This is February. So this was, I don't know, October or November that I was at this event. It didn't Mm -hmm. even, it didn't even click to me that it mattered. Like literally Mm. someone came up to me and and said straight up, the fact that you are this age, a woman of color that you, you know, that you, you become a millionaire and that you're spiritual and living a life, living a, living what, what in, um, in black luxury terms is, is the soft life that I'm Mm. living the soft life. Like that's such an affront to (laughs) how society thinks I should be existing in the world. Yeah. And me just really feeling a certain level of responsibility to show other women who can relate to whatever aspect, like I was a mom and (laughs) created, you know, created this as a mom and that is possible Mm -hmm. for 
others. So that's also part of why I felt it was important to come on and, and also just in general to be more open to talking about money and teaching about it. I've, I've been, I've talked about it on quite a few podcasts, but really putting something out in the world to help people with money Mm -hmm. has been on my heart lately. Yeah. So are you saying like for you also, you didn't even think of those things as, as hindering you or limiting, limiting you in any way? Like you said, it clicked for you. Are you saying you were similar to me or different? Definitely similar to you in that regard Uh for me. So I will tell you as a kid, my perspective of the kind of success that was possible for me was, oh, you can get a college degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if, if you could become a doctor or you could become a lawyer, twins, that would be <laughs> like, that would be the pinnacle. So to yeah. me, that was as far as I imagined right. was, was possible for me. And right. then when I hit that at such a young age, well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't become a doctor or a lawyer, but I did hit a certain level of success that then other people were like, whoa, whoa. Uh huh. Then I was like, oh, okay. But I didn't have the realization around becoming a millionaire until this moment. Yeah. More recent. Because before I was like, okay. <laughs> it just is like, I'm just doing my thing. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I I totally get it. And I think that just to clarify, like just hearing you talk about it, it allows me to go back into my own history and like, where was my mindset certain places? And now that we're talking about this, I realized that it was until I, until I started my own, until I accidentally fell into entrepreneurship in my junior year of college, I also was like doctor's degree, MD, you know, I'll figure out how to make, you know, I was I was always financially motivated because of the polarity and severe contrast that I had in my earlier days where I'm like, I never want to experience that again. I don't want my children to go through that. But I thought like being an MD was like, that's, that's the most I'm going to get out of life. And I was like, all right, which doctors make the most amount of money? Oh, uh, dermatologists plastic surgeons. Got it. Like those are my two, like, I'll see which one I want to go into. Oh my God, I'd be a horrible plastic surgeon. I'm not an artist at all. And they're like, they have to be able to see the bodies in a certain way, which I I just don't see these things. And I'm like, thank God I'd be a horrible plastic surgeon. And then I love skincare, which is so funny because my two obsessions in life are unconscious reprogramming and skincare. Love, 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 love. And I'm like, that's so funny because dermatologist was my other thing because I also had this very, and still do, it's very weird, twisted obsession with like pimple popping love it. Could watch videos all day long. Like I'm obsessed, especially with the blackhead videos. I know you guys are probably horrified. And I also know there are people out there who also enjoy the same. So if you're out there, you are my people. And I was like, okay, dermatology. (laughs) Me, my son and I, that is our favorite pastime. So before bed, it's so relaxing before bed. We watch, we watch blackhead popping videos literally last night. That's there's no more story time. It's pimple popping time. Stop. That gives me hope. Like maybe Orion and I could do that together because Brennan is horrified. Absolutely horrified. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. Um, you know, speaking of like 
money and luxury and things that I feel like people get twisted from time to time. You have a very unique definition of luxury that you have shared multiple times that I absolutely love because I feel like people get worked up about the word luxury and assume that it means like, I got to destroy the planet for luxury. Like they just, for some reason, associate that luxury, experiencing luxury, having luxury is automatically something that takes away from other people or away from the planet or away from society or something like that. Like luxury means I'm hoarding, I'm destroying, I'm this and that because this is like this excessive, like crocodile skinned, whatever the fuck or whatever that like, you know, had to take away from a crocodile or like um, luxury means private jets. And so therefore destroying the environment at the same time that I'm enjoying this private jet. And you have a very unique definition that I would love for you to share on the podcast because it's such a game changer. Okay. I have multiple definitions, so I don't know exactly which one you're talking about, but I'm going to go. I'm I'm like, wait, I say so many things and it just comes through. I don't know what I said, but people do the same to um, me. And I never know. They're like, they're like, you said this in episode 77. Can you repeat that? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I literally don't know what I said yesterday. (laughs) So I get, I get what you're talking about. And I'm here to help you. (laughs) Okay, good. So if I'm not, if I'm not hitting on it and there's another thing that I said that you really, please bring it up. But my perspective on luxury, number one, in another context, because we use the word luxury to mean, um, you know, designer handbags or private jet or, you know, certain types of vehicles, so on and so forth. But luxury used in another way is actually all about choice, right? Mm. We use the word luxury to simply mean choice. And when we understand that, and we actually understand that luxury is just a reflection of what an individual or what a society values. That's it. That's, that's all it is. Right. So that means, means that luxury can show up in a lot of different ways, right? Like it could mean that you enjoy the luxury of high grade ceremonial matcha in the morning, right? Um. And it can also mean that there are certain aspects or certain things that for you just aren't a priority. I'll give you a really great example. Right now, so we moved, we live in Florida now. Oh my God, why didn't I know that? (laughs) I don't know, but it's more recent. We moved here in August. Um, I was giving birth at that time, so that makes sense why I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah, and I also haven't been like blasting where I live and yeah. so on. And so forth. I get so it. We moved to Florida. I needed to be, I needed to be near, near the ocean, near the water. And for me, there's a certain quality of life that I desired to have. And it shows up as for me, I wanted us to live in a community where there was a, a large number of people who were moving here, that there were families around, so on and so forth. And that showed up in us choosing to live in a luxury apartment, right? And simultaneously, 
maybe some people have seen recently that I've been sharing that I and some friends, we bought a $10 million mansion it's huge. in Hawaii. It's huge. It's massive. I saw it. It is massive. I was like, Damn, and- I'm your guest next time you're there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to be having some events there that's going to be exciting. But I bought it because I got so fed up with not having places to be able to take my clients to that I actually wanted to be at and so on and so forth. And some people did ask me like, wait, why, like, why did you buy (laughs) a mansion that you don't live in, but then you choose to live in an apartment, right? That just did not compute Mm -hmm. for some people. Yeah. And The truth is, is that when you really start to look at what matters to you, what is aligned for you, what actually is abundant for you, and you remove how other people are going to perceive you, right? Many of us are buying things because of how we want to be perceived. Yep. Instead of actually investing in what is a reflection of who we authentically are, right? So good. So there is huge transformational possibility that happens when you start to understand the original context and meaning. Luxury originally had to do with choice that was reflective of who the individual was. Number two, it was also reflective of that which is unique or rare. Mm -hmm. That's actually what luxury means. Now, if we look at this from like marketing or branding, there's a lot of people who talk about, oh, you have luxury marketing, um, premium, mainstream, and then uh, like bargain or inexpensive, like Walmart, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of people conflate luxury with premium. Luxury doesn't necessarily have to do with being the best at something or being, oftentimes it is, but mainly it's the best because it's unique or because it is rare. Mm -hmm. And it also usually, so premium usually has to do with quality or like you're going to get the, the most bang for your buck. Like mm-hmm. I, I follow a lot. I'm, I'm super into style, mm-hmm. fashion. Oh yeah. People, yeah. People talk about um, designer bags and they That's- talk about it in terms of like, oh, this bag is, uh, you get the most bang for your buck and blah, 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 blah. Not understanding that that has, no, that's not what luxury is about. Luxury, if you will look at how, th- how a concept or how a frequency comes into humanity. How a frequency comes into humanity is that it starts at the luxury level because luxury is also about um, innovation, about, you know, what is extraordinary outside of the norm. So it will come in in, at that level and a few, only a few people will get it at first, Mm -hmm. right? If you Mm -hmm. look at fashion, this is how it happens. The luxury houses bring in new concepts that nobody else gets. They're couture. What? Ew. That, right. Like, who would wear <laughs> until they buy it like six months later? 
<laughs> until they buy it because then it's come down to to those premium brands premium brands start to copy then yeah. mainstream brands you know your zara's and whatnot H&M, start to copy yeah. it yeah H&M. and then and then everybody this is this is how this works right like this is how we got refrigerators as normal and mainstream for us it started with a it was a luxury for some and then it became premium for others and then now it's just mainstream we don't even that at all this is okay so you nail the definition you definitely added to it i'm obsessed with this whole conversation because i think that it really gives people the freedom to be like oh i see like i can give myself permission to desire a luxurious life because it's not about just has nothing to do with destruction has nothing to do with all these things that society has painted a picture of for us my favorite de- definition is choice and i mentioned in like a q a that i did the other day on a flight that's apparently when i like to do them um, on instagram and i said that like spending like being able to have a day off like just being able to clear your schedule and be like i'm gonna spend time with my child today we're going to go to Disneyland or we're going to go to their favorite brunch, whatever that we're going to get this and that. I'm going to buy them a new toy, like whatever it is, go to the park. That is luxury. It's a feeling. It's a feeling that you get to cultivate in your life and feel like it's, I could look at a handbag at many different houses. Cause I'm a handbag girl. I can go to Chanel. I can go to Louis. I can go to this and that. And there's certain ones where they cost as much as the Chanel. They are probably made just as well as the Chanel whatever. And at the same time, I don't fucking like it. It doesn't make me feel anything. So to me, it's not, it doesn't feel like a luxury. When I go to Chanel and I buy, like, I like most of their bags. That's why I'm bringing up Chanel. When I go to Chanel, I'm like, fuck yeah, I feel what I'm feeling here. (laughs) This is what I want. I'm going to get it. And that to me is luxury. So I love that. There is a burning question that's come up so many times in the Q&A box that I posted yesterday. And this is something I had you speak on before. And it's such a great answer. Again, I will remind you, don't you worry of what your answer was before, just in case you have another answer this time. Um, and I'm so the same way. Like my answers constantly change and people are like, no, but what did you, you said something about this. And I'm like, fuck man, do I need to like keep track of what I say in a notebook and like remind myself every day just because people keep asking me? I don't know. But inside again, the collective, we talked about how a lot of people have this fear where they are, let's say they're struggling with abundance. They're on the path to abundance, but they're having some mental struggles, blocks, this and that. Like they're having their own frequency, chaotic frequency with it, where they're having it one day, not having it another day. And they're still on the path of like stability and consistency and all that stuff that we really desire. And at some point, and I know that this has been a limiting belief for me too, especially before I created uh, financial consistency, where people think like, oh my God, what if before I incarnated into this lifetime, I made the decision, a sole agreement that I would actually be broke in this lifetime and that's why it's not working out. Um, And so my question is for you is like, number one, is that a thing? Could that be a thing? Number two, could that be the thing that like actually holds people back? Can you change that? Can you be like, maybe I had that agreement, but I'm like, fuck it. I'm here on earth now. And I want to experience success and luxury and money and this and and that, whatever, in abundance. Um, And my third question, just kind of like all part of this together is, can anyone be wealthy? Like, are there people who are meant to be rich or is it just all manifestation? 
So I guess there's like multiple parters and I'll kind of, I'll bring you back. So start wherever you want to start. But I think the main thing is like, people have this fear of like, oh my God, what if I'm doomed? And this is so out of my control and I'm doing all the manifestation work, but like maybe I'm meant to be broke and that's why it's not happening. Can you just talk about that? Yeah. So where I want to start with this is, um, in, from a shamanic perspective, there are two kinds of destiny. So our first kind of destiny is, is a fixed destiny. So our fixed destiny is all of the aspects that contributed to our incarnation. Those are the things that we agreed to before this life, right? And that's going to be where you were born, who you're born to, what time period you're born to, what time, literally what time of day you're going to come in because there's certain energetic frequencies that you want to have access to. Yes, (laughs) Human design, gene keys, right? That's where all of that comes in. That's, That's that fixed destiny that you cannot change. Now, are there soul contracts that we do also agree to that play out in our life? The answer is yes. There are some key, you know, some key contracts. Sometimes that could be, you know, who you're going to marry. Or in my case, mine was one of them was um, a spiritual mentor that I had that was, from my perspective, quite traumatic and was the catalyst for me stepping into this role because I've been very resistant Mm. to be a spiritual teacher my entire life. But that experience catalyzed me into, you know, to being this version of myself now. So I'm very grateful for that. Now, the second part is our flexible destiny. And most of this reality is flexible destiny, meaning that we are able to negotiate. We are able to influence and navigate and create this, not just from an individual perspective, but also as a co-creation. This is the part I think a lot of people um, also don't understand is that we are co-creating this reality together. So even some of our soul contracts that we did agree to still can fall under flexible destiny because we can shift them. We can choose to not continue in that pattern, right? Yeah. So From that place, we have to understand a few things. Number one, if something was not possible for you. Oh, this is it. This is it. (laughs) Okay, good. If something wasn't possible for you, you would not even perceive it as a possibility. Okay. Can we just fucking pause that? No, we need to pause right then and there. You need to say that one more time. I need people to tattoo this shit on their forehead and fully understand this. Okay. If it was not possible for you, you would not even perceive it as a possibility for you. Boom. Period. 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 Uh, period uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is okay. so freeing and so exciting because that means that the daydreams that you have, the things you think about at night, the things that you notice in your environment where you're like, I want that. I want more of that. Or the things that you see, you scroll across social media like that, or on you're on Zillow or whatever. And you're like, Ooh, this house, like all of that is proof that it's a possibility for you. 
Yes. And we can talk about why that is. So I have come to realize because so many of my clients are high level entrepreneurs, doctors, psychologists, scientists, like really, really smart people. Okay. Sometimes really, really smart people, we got to come at this with some logic. So let's back it up with a little logic so that it can fully land. We are literally only able to perceive 1% of reality, if that, right? Which means the vast majority of reality that exists never comes into our awareness. That's crazy. So part of being a shaman, part of being a spiritual person, period, is becoming aware that when something comes into your awareness, it has significance because otherwise you would not be aware of it. Mm-hmm. It would not, it would not cross from that 99% of reality into the 1% of reality that you can perceive. So the fact that you are able to even think about it or even perceive it as, hmm, I wonder if I could blah, 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 means that yes, it is possible for you. Now, there's another layer that I want to add to that because a lot of people misunderstand purpose. Yeah. They misunderstand <laughs> purpose. Okay. They think, oh, some, okay. Catherine's purpose is to make a lot of money. That is not Catherine's purpose. Okay. That is an avenue or a pathway or a journey that allows for her to walk in her purpose. Okay. Yeah. Our souls are concerned with answering the big question of the universe which it's this exploration that the universe is on, which is who am I? Mm -hmm. It is having all of these experiences so that the universe, it is having it through having these experiences through us as individuations of the universe, because it wants to gather all of this data to understand the question, who am I? So our purpose is not about what we have or what we do like getting money. It's about who we become in the process. It's about the becoming. Our callings about our becoming, our purpose is about who we be in this journey. And the money is both a byproduct of who we become and also a tool that further supports our becoming, right? The more, if I have access to more money, and I'm called in this lifetime to be a leader, right? Then that money gets to support me in becoming more of that leader that I'm here to be. Make sense? Yes. And actually, James Wedmore was talking to me the other day, and maybe he said this like even, I've heard him talk about this multiple times where he said, at first he was using spirituality to grow his business. And one day he woke up and realized that it's his business that's supporting his spirituality, meaning that his business gives him um, 
not just like the lessons and the growth and all that stuff that's part of like you becoming and living your purpose and you growing in the sense of like a spiritual being, but just like having the freedom, the time to go and meditate and have these deep thoughts and like, and, and spark these new ideas and just not have all this stress in your life to where you're like, oh, I can't really think about life's deeper questions or life's, life's deeper answers because I'm like really stressed about how I'm going to pay the bills. You know, like the more that we stress about these things like paying the bills or like, am I going to go to work today or not? I'm not feeling well. Oh, I don't really have an option. Like all these, these things that like when you have plenty of abundance, it just frees you from all of these things that are holding you back from really becoming who you are. Because once you realize that your purpose is about who you're becoming and who you are, that frees you up to do just about anything. And I think that that's so magical because I know that if I didn't have this realization before I got pregnant, I would have been screwed while pregnant because I was going through, and again, we've talked about this for years now, pregnancy was like the end of my void because as soon as I gave birth to Ryan, I like came back to life and I'm like, yes, I'm free. (laughs) But like, I just, you know, I would have been so confused because it's like, there were times when I was pregnant where I just didn't give a fuck about anything else. I didn't, I, you could not bother me with business related stuff. I had no ideas, no fresh, nothing, nothing was coming to me. I felt so uninspired, so unmotivated. And it's because my purpose at, in that moment was to grow human. And that doesn't mean like if I would have been stuck in my purpose is to make a lot of money or my purpose is in growing my business, I would have felt so worthless and of having no value, even though in that moment, I have the most worth and value. If you want to put like some sort of thing on that, like some sort of value on that in growing a human and bringing another incarnation onto planet earth, like that's a big fucking deal, you know? And so thankfully I got myself to this point and Um, there were people in my life to remind me of this, of like, no, no, Catherine, you are living your ultimate purpose right now. Everything else in your life is going to be taken care of because you are committed to your purpose, which is who you fucking are in the first place. And that was so magical for me and freed me. And then that gave me the detachment from my work that then allowed me to come back to it, feeling more inspired and rejuvenated and creative than ever before. So, so good. You know, you sharing this also brings me to just another reason why this matters to me and also why I'm very, I'm getting more and more passionate about healers and and spiritual teachers and, and leaders to care about talking about money because, you know, what I, what I found is when I'm able to work with a leader who has plenty of financial abundance, then we can have a conversation about transcendence, which is very exciting for me because we can have a conversation about who you're here to be in the world and how that, how that impacts others, right? When I'm working with leaders at that level, right, that gets to be the conversation. But then I realized <laughs> in the in the process of getting to interact with some really incredible people was that there were also all of these other amazing people who I can see because I literally can see potentialities. 
I can see it. I can see when, when someone has a certain potential, I can see timelines and all that stuff, but I was getting so frustrated and it was my own stuff that I had to work through because I'm like, I want to have this conversation with you about (laughs) self-transcendent. Yeah. Right. And simultaneously they haven't come into their full self-actualization yet. Right. Like they haven't actualized their potential that is fulfilling enough self to then have overflow for us to have the conversation around transcendence. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was a major aha for me because I'm like, oh, if I want to have more of these conversations around transcendence and bring, bring more people into that conversation, I can't, I can't skip over unless I want to be another bypassy ass teacher who just completely disregards the physical realm. Yeah. And I just don't, I just personally don't want to be that. So what that means is that you got to put yourself first. You've got to fill your cup first. Mm -hmm. You've got to take care of your own, like filling your own cup and taking care of your house. And when I'm saying your house, I mean your life, your, all of the aspects of your life. Yeah. So that then you can have overflow and then, then we can really be talking about the impact that you're here to make. Oh, so good. I have just two more questions for you for this episode. And if you're down, like we could, we could continue talking about this. So there might be a part five if you're down, um, which I have a feeling you are because we just have so much fun. Like this is just, I've had nothing but fun in every single episode working with you, going through your programs and things like that, you know, watching you on Instagram, like you're just such a joy. Like you are sharing such important stuff, but you do it in a way where it feels so open. And um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not like relatable. That's not the word I'm looking for. It just feels very um, like you're like on a friend basis, like you're not above. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it just feels like anything is possible when you talk to you. Like everything is so transferable. Like I can take what Mikosi is saying. I can understand it. It's very uplifting in its nature. And holy shit, I feel so ready to like go out there and create massive abundance in my life. So I love that about you. Um, There's like two questions that have come up like a bazillion times. So I just want to make sure we nail these um, and then the rest we can go into later. So some people have been experiencing, are experiencing having money. Like they go in their bank account and they have plenty of money to pay their bills and like have fun and travel and all this stuff. Or maybe they're even like making six figures, seven figures or whatever. And you see this all the time. And like even seven figure business owners are not immune to this. Many of them still, they they see the tangible 3D of like, I am taken care of, but they still have a scarcity mindset and they're still stuck in the sphere of like losing it all. What if it's not actually not enough? What if it doesn't last? All those things. Like how can people overcome this? What do you have to say mm. about this? Man, this is such an important topic. And I'm thank you for also grounding it to reality that Yes, there are seven and eight and nine figure entrepreneurs who also have this experience. And actually, yeah, I would, I almost want to say it's, it's still a, it's a dominant experience of reality for sure. 
even at that level. And most people think, oh, if I just get more money, that will resolve that feeling, the feeling of anxiety, the feeling of uncertainty. But it doesn't. It's crazy. It really doesn't. It doesn't because it's actually an entirely separate thing. It's completely separate. So the reason why that happens first, let's talk about that. It -hmm. happens because we our our mind is really good in two dimensions. It's really good at memories, right? So it, it spends a lot of time remembering, remembering what it was like to grow up poor and not be able to, you know, buy clothes that fit and having to wear, you know, XYZ or not having enough money for food and so on and so forth. And then it also is really good at future imagining, right? So it can go down these tailspins of, well, what if, you know, what if I get canceled tomorrow? Yeah. And everything falls apart. Or what if my team up and quits all at once? And <laughs> I'm using that example because you can totally relate to that experience, right? And <laughs> What happens is then we, when we're making decisions from that place and when we're um, navigating reality from that place, we're constantly looking for something external to fix an internal misalignment. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite ways to start to navigate this, and this is really like the basis of all of my work and what I call euphoric evolution, but Really what this is all about is becoming self-sourced or or self-trusting, self-empowered, right? Because externally, like the only thing that we can guarantee about this life is that it's going to change. Mm -hmm. Nothing this plane lasts forever. Even the things that we look at as so solid, like the mountains. Yeah. Change. They are changing right now. Yep. So we constantly look for something outside of us to be the same, to be stable in order for us to feel solid. But really, we have to begin to gain a certain level of mastery of self in the present moment to create that sense of stability within. And what's beautiful about when we're able to do this is that we are able to create and experience abundance on a whole other level when we do that, right? Because no longer are you creating success, money, opportunities from a place of lack, but you are creating it from a place of empowerment and from, I I get to choose. The other side of that, that actually is a very tangible way is like, this is where gratitude really can be helpful and gratitude, not just like writing down, I'm grateful for this, but actually allowing yourself to feel it, to experience it, to look at, yes, even though there may be things that aren't going great in your life, acknowledging 
what you can really be grateful for the experiences that you've had that are, you know, absolutely just delightful. I don't think we delight in life enough. Mm-hmm. And that's taking our mind out of the past, taking it out of the future and focusing it on, well, what's actually present right now? Is everything falling apart right now? Yeah, it's it's so important. The present moment is such a game changer because there's like this concept of like, you know, I found that the the fastest manifestations come to, come my way, like the most effortless manifestations are when I'm in the place of those desires being a bonus to my life. Meaning like in the present moment, I am here. I've definitely survived. I have what I need. I'm fed. I have air. Like I have access to all these things. I'm okay. Like a lot of people think that they absolutely need to have that thing to be fulfilled in life or even to survive because, you know, our our unconscious mind's prime directive is survival. So it's constantly focused on survival. That's why it's so easily can pull memories from the past or create these like um, imaginations, like you said, on the future, because it's all about I didn't survive in the past. What if I don't survive again? Oh my God, like let's project the scenario in the future. Like how are we going to survive this situation? That situation just drives us fucking insane. And when you bring it all to the present moment of like right now, as I'm listening to Catherine and Makosi on this podcast episode, on the Manifestation Bay podcast, as I'm sitting here, as I'm driving, as whatever I'm doing, am I totally okay? Like, do I have access to air? Yup, I'm breathing do you know, did I eat today? Yes. Like looking at those basic things, like you said, rooting in that gratitude and realizing, okay, then everything else that I desire is a bonus. And when you see it as a bonus of, I want you, but I don't need you. Ooh, that's, that's detachment right there. I mean, I've used that in my relationship. I've shared like with Brennan where I've embodied, I want you, but I don't need you and how that completely transformed our relationship. But let me tell you when I, when I need to have a certain launch, when I need to have a certain income, when I need to have certain things or whatever, it never goes, it absolutely never goes my way. But when I realize that I am already whole, worthy enough all these things as I am right now and everything else is a bonus to that you guys like it's magical what comes from that energy that frequency is potent as fuck Mm. oh my gosh I just think of automatically what comes to mind is dating and I haven't dated in a really long time Um, (laughs) my husband and I have been together since 2009. However, I still remember what it was like in yesteryear and the, (laughs) the entire energy of, um, I want, I want you. Yeah. But I don't, don't need you. Yeah. Um, is so incredibly potent. And the beautiful thing too, because a lot of people will approach it like, like oh, I'm going to get that energy so that I get what I want. And it, and that still mm. doesn't. No, <laughs> That's no, no, no. The work. I'm going to just like fake it and just like play this, play this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's really a matter of looking for in your life right now, what is what is fulfilling you, right? And it's, it is powerful because when you are fulfilled, right? When you're doing something that's fulfilling, 
the energy that you're doing it with is so magnetic that it is pulling people, opportunities, network, so on and so forth to you, right? But when you are doing it because you want to get blank, then you start to bring a frequency of manipulation. Yep. And then you receive manipulation in return. The universe then fucks with you in return. And I don't mean like literally the universe has this idea of like, today I'm going to fuck with Catherine Zinkina. You know, like it doesn't work that way. But I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, let me give to get kind of energy. And the thing mm-hmm. is, is that whatever the frequency and energy in which you take action in, the result is going to be in that frequency. So if you think about the frequency of manipulation, just think about, sure, you can try to trick the universe here and try to manipulate whatever. But when you get that thing, it's going to be rooted in that energy of manipulation, that energy of control, that energy of attachment. What do you think that's going to cause more of in your life? Which then creates this vicious cycle of like, (gasps) more manipulation, more control, more stress, more uncertainty, more holy fucking shit. Like things are falling apart. And it's just like, let's go back to what you're talking about in like the most genuine nature possible because again the frequency is going to come bite you back so you might as well start from the right frequency mic drop (laughs) okay last question i promise this one is one that's constantly being brought up like my students instagram i see it everywhere and i just want to hear a shamanic perspective of course um how can we accept money Like, how can we accept having money, having wealth, whatever, when there are such extremes of poverty and wealth, meaning like there's poverty out there. There's, you know, I feel like a lot of people express, like, I feel guilty having all this good stuff happen to me, having wealth, having freedom, having choice, having privilege, having this X, Y, Z, when there's so many people out there struggling, starving, dying, whatever, like there's bad stuff going on in the world out there. How can people release the guilt? first of all, and second of all, just accept the fact that abundance, wealth, these things that you're talking about truly are your birthright and they're a birthright for everybody. But in the way that it manifests in the 3D, it's like, it doesn't seem to be a birthright for everybody. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. So first, the thing, the, the thing that we have to realize is that reality is the reality just is. And that's that can sound very harsh. However, when we accept that reality is instead of it shouldn't be this way or it should be different, so on and so forth. When we are able to just accept reality as it is, that there are people in this world that are not experiencing an an abundance of food or an abundance of of money or an abundance of so on resources yeah right yeah yeah when we accept that that is instead of the should could would blah 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 then we actually are able to be able to do something about it but you can't do anything about the state of the world if you are resistant to what is if you are resistant to that mm. that fact you can't mm. make yourself poor enough to benefit someone else 
Yeah. That's not how any of this works. Yeah. At all. That's not how this works. However, when you accept that that is reality and you also accept that you have, when you accept that you have power in creating your own reality and you do so first, right? Because we love to project on what everybody else should be doing and how life should be for everyone else when our own situation is a hot mess. But when you first become it, then you now have the power. And I would also say now you have the responsibility to be able to share and impact and, you know, this whole concept of transcendence, right? I, I've been very um, adamant in finding a nonprofit that supports, because I'm very intentional with how I want to support others. Mm-hmm. What I've noticed is that there's a pattern that happens and it's coming from a place of guilt. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is philanthropy from guilt of, yep. I feel bad that I have this and that, and I, now I perceive you as not having anything. So I pity you. Yes. And so I'm going to give you this. And what happens is that's still coming from the, the frequency of lack. It's coming from manipulation. Oh my God. And so disempowering to other people when you are giving from that place because you're not actually giving them a tool that then they can pick up and create the life that they see fit for themselves. You are are then usually projecting what you think that they need and how they should, how they should get it. So I've been place. Yes, because we don't all want the same things and we shouldn't quote unquote, we shouldn't all want the same things. I, there's never been a time that I saw this play out more than the times that I've been in Africa. Like for sure. Oh my gosh. (laughs) The amount of people, organizations, missionaries who come thinking they have good intentions, not realizing that they're doing it from a place of, of guilt or from a place of superiority. Yes. And oh my gosh. Uh, and so many projections. Ripples. So many, pro- so, like just speaking so to, judgment. like when I went to, I've only been to two African countries, Rwanda and Kenya, and just like speaking to some of the tribes that I got to meet, they would be like, you know, like we just keep receiving these things or whatever, like from people or organizations, like we don't need them. Like we are fine. Like we enjoy living in the way that we are living like people want to give us money but our money is cows like you're not understanding that i have more money than a millionaire in america with the amount of cows that i fucking have and if i transferred if i was able to cash in my cows into like a like the dollar i would have a million dollars and like that's what that's what works for us in our own society here like that's just like it's so it was so mind-blowing and you're so right because just being able to speak to even our guides and trackers and the again they were from the nearby villages of just like how westerners perceive people in africa and like what all of these projections and the way that we think that they're just oh poor people in africa all starving all this and i'm not saying that there isn't that there absolutely is 
war and poverty and starvation and stuff like that but it's not like this whole widespread continent that is just like oh poor africa it's not like that at all and there is there are pockets of welfare just like there is here in the united states and things like that and so i love that you're talking about this because just from conversations it was so eye opening to and also like really educational for me to recognize also and like where am i also projecting my own shit onto other people and thinking that they want something when really they don't want that and how can i help them not create a reality that i'm living and that i want but one that they want to live so it's very very impactful Ugh. so oh my gosh the the difference in this the difference in frequency because how we approach things ultimately influences the end result what has happened over over time and yeah this is like a whole podcast that which we won't get into because time <laughs> but yeah, yeah. um what, what ends up happening is a, a place of control and dependency and so i personally have been um on the hunt for organizations that i can that i and also we as a as a company can support so now i've been um i found an organization called village enterprise and this is not sponsored or anything um they don't even know i think that i exist um <laughs> but the ent- concept of it is that they they give interest free micro loans to entrepreneurs so that then they are able to to take that money they invest in their businesses and most of them are women um and when they are able to do that number 1 they're able to build a business that they want a life that they want they're able to you know structure things in a way that works for them and the impact is incredible from this very different perspective, instead of just donating, you know, a bunch of stuff or clothes, like I've saw so many, you know, H&M and Zara donations that just like ended up on the, on the ground to be, to be picked over that they, that's not even what they wanted to wear. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) Because they have their own culture. For sure. this way of doing things um, where you are actually supporting someone in helping themselves instead of you trying to be the savior, allowing them to do things in a way that works for them. Mainly these women end up building these really incredible, successful businesses. They invest in their children's education. They hire people in their, in their communities. And when you, when we go about it from this vantage point, what we find is that investing in one entrepreneur in a community can literally lift the entire community out of poverty, right? Because you allow them to do so in a way that makes sense for them, not, you know, from your own guilt. So that's just a little sidebar side note on why it matters to work on yourself and also to fill your own cup so that you are able to give from a place of overflow and not be attached to, you know, how you think they should do things or, oh my gosh, I need to help and save these poor people. Like that is a really, I don't know if people realize it, but that's actually a supremacist way of viewing the world. Totally. 
And just to quickly bring something back that you were talking about earlier, luxury being choice, what you're doing in the, like the way that you're describing the village enterprise organization is like what you're investing in is other people's ability to have choice in their life. So they are creating their version of luxury, which depending on their culture, whatever is important to them, their values, like it's whatever their choice is, (laughs) like that's their version of luxury. So I love this. Makosi, you are such a joy to talk to. Like I learn so much from you every time I have a conversation with you. You blow my mind. You say things in a way that just really stick and land. So I've so enjoyed this episode. I can't wait for many more um, in the future. And for anyone who, well, first of all, like in the intro, I would have already told you to go and catch up on previous episodes if you're new to Makosi, because obviously we didn't dive into her story or her history, which we did a lot of in the previous episode. So we just went straight into it as if you already know Makosi. Um, but just in case you decided not to listen to me and you decided to go into this episode and you have no, still have no idea how to follow her, where to find her. Makosi, can you share your Instagram handle, website, some of your offerings or wherever you want to guide people to at the end of this episode? Absolutely. Yeah. These days, um, I am still on the Instagrams. You can find me at the Royal Shaman. This year, I'm investing time and energy and resources into finally bringing forth the podcast slash YouTube. So there is a podcast coming soon called Euphoric Evolution. And all of that information, um, there'll be video versions on my YouTube channel, which that handle is at the Royal Shaman. And then also that podcast is not out yet, but you can um, subscribe to my newsletter on my website, theroyalshaman.com to be up to date with all of those happenings. I'm super excited. So many people have asked for a podcast, but I've been very, I've been holding out because there's a certain way that I wanted to do it. And now everything is aligned for it to come forth. So really, really excited to bring that. I cannot wait. I'm so excited for you. And also when that link is available, give it to me so I can go back to the show notes of this episode and put it in there so people can be led to all the links that you already shared. And also when the podcast is available, we can link that as well. Um, again, Mikosi, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. It's been such a joy and a privilege and so much fun to talk about our favorite topic in the whole wide world that sometimes is hard to talk about, but you know, we're just getting over that. We're getting over that shit because it's part of our purpose. Um, and with that being said to the rest of you, I will catch you in the next episode. Mwah. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.